Hi everybody, my name is Luke Jackson and I'm the Kearns Arts Desk Editor here at The Cronny and this is Big Emotions, Episode 2, um, our Arts Desk Podcast. Uh, we have an amazing co-host and our amazing producer with us today and also one of our wonderful writers is here and I will let them introduce themselves. Hi guys, it's Eliza. I'm excited to be back. Um, thank you for having me again. <laughs> Hi, I'm Greer. Um, I'm excited to be here, so thanks for having me. Yo, I'm Eugene. I'm the producer, as always. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you all for being here. We're so excited to have you here and to talk today. Uh, I thought I'd read that quote by Ethan Hawke again, just in case this is your first time tuning in and you didn't listen to our first episode. Um, so Ethan Hawke gave a TED Talk a while ago called Give Yourself Permission to Be Creative. And in this talk, he said, most people don't spend a lot of time thinking about poetry. They have a life to live, and they're not really that concerned with Allen Ginsberg's poems or anybody's poems until their father dies, or they go to a funeral, or you lose a child, or somebody breaks your heart, and they don't love you anymore. And all of a sudden, you're desperate for making sense out of this life, and has anybody ever felt this bad before? How did they come out of this cloud? And so I really liked um, this quote and the point that Hawks brings up about art articulating and making sense out of these huge emotions that sneak up us in life. So the purpose of this podcast is to explore those emotions and the art that helps us understand and get through them. So today we're going to be focusing on familial love and all the joys and heartaches that come with being a part of a family. Um, so Greer, what drew you to talk about this, these um, emotions? Yeah, I just, I thought there was a lot of media related to it. It's very relatable, you know, like everyone has a family. And it's a pretty big part of my life as I grew up, like, with all my family pretty much living, like, in the same neighborhood or down the street. So I feel like there was a lot to talk about. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's so forming, right? It's literally yeah. everyone you spend time with throughout your formative years. Definitely, yeah. So I agree that it's a very, very deep and important topic. So we're excited to talk about it. Um, but before we dive into the art that we'll talk about today, let's talk about our families a little bit. Kind of just like introduce the basic structure of your family and the worst thing you ever did to your siblings slash your family as a kid. And I can start. So my family, I am the second of five kids. So I have an older brother, a younger brother. A, a younger sister, and then my youngest sibling is non-binary. They're all adults now, which is really interesting. And so I spent most of my time with my older brother and my younger brother. We were just the closest in age. But the worst thing I ever did is I really liked to scare the, my little brother when I was a kid. I would like wait by the stairs and pop out on him because I thought it was funny because I was not always the nicest kid. But <laughs> I remember one time, this was probably the meanest thing I ever did to him, was we, we shared a room, and so I put like pillows in my bed to make it look like I was in bed. And then I got in his bed and like went up against the wall and I hid there and waited till he crawled into our into bed. And so he like got in bed and he got comfy. He thought everything was safe in the world. And I spooked him and he like literally shot out of the bed like a cartoon. Oh How long God. did you wait? Uh, probably like enough time to make him feel safe. You know what I mean? I was pretty good at it. I, my, my timing was pretty great. I felt pretty proud of it because I thought it was a good scare. Yeah. But looking back, it was probably pretty terrifying. Yeah. So I feel bad about that, but can't win them all. You're a menace yeah, as a kid. Well, can't win them all. <laughs> Oh, it's me. Okay. I had recently, when it was like a few years ago, I was like 15 or 16, I had gotten an iPad, I think for like my birthday or for Christmas, something. And my sister was using it one time when I like wasn't using it. And so she was just like goofing around. She like had stacked like a bunch of books on her head as well with my iPad. And she was going back to like our rooms and she lost like balance and all the books and my iPad fell onto the ground and it cracked like the whole screen. 
And I was so mad that I ignored her for like <laughs> like almost a week. And I felt bad because she was like crying every day, like trying to get oh me gosh. to talk to her. But I like when I'm angry, I can be really mean. So I just was upset about the iPad. This was your younger sister? Yeah, she's 16 now. I have two little sisters and then one older brother, but she's my best friend. So we're good. <laughs> Um, I just have an older brother. He's four years older than me. Like, we play video games together growing up, stuff like that. But I'm really close to my cousin. She's, we're like two months apart, and we grew up in the same neighborhood. I remember when we were like eight or something, I had, I had bunk beds. So like in the space between the two beds, we just decided to treat that as our canvas on the wall <laughs> and took Sharpies. And it was like a family dinner too, but we just were in my room and we like put a line down the middle on the wall and just had two different spaces to just draw on the wall. Um. But then my parents walked in, and they discovered it. And my dad was kind of proud, or I guess he just thought it was funny. But my mom was definitely upset. Was the Sharpie still on the wall? No. um, For a while, I just covered it with posters, because then I felt (laughs) bad. I was a little embarrassed. But then we just painted over completely. So I love that. Yes. So as we were prepping for this episode and talking about the different media and art we were going to bring up, we kind of realized uh, a running theme of a couple wonderful artists that we all kind of relate to. And I'm sure everyone does because they're what they create is so family centric and they really just get it. So these two people that kind of we kept bringing up were Jane Austen and Greta Gerwig, obviously very, very talented. I mean, Jane Austen's probably like the most well-known female writer of all time. Yeah. Right. Probably most formative. And then Greta Gerwig has just taken the world by storm and she's fantastic. And so one of the movies that Greer wanted to talk about was Lady Bird. And so do you want to introduce Lady Bird and kind of what that movie means to you? Yeah. Um, I definitely just see it as what well, is just like a coming of age movie. And I think it was important to me, like watching it as a teenager, you know, growing up. And as my relationship with my mom is like changing, um, I feel like a lot of teenage daughters have like a phase where they kind of just they're always fighting with their mom, you know, mm-hmm. just always disagreeing. So that movie just meant a lot to me because of the relationship between Lady Bird and her mother. And I related to her because I wanted to, like, go out of state completely for college, just, like, get away. But now it's kind of like, you know, you miss your family when you're away from them. And I think Lady Bird did as well. So I don't know. I just think Gerwig really, like, she just depicted the relationship so well. Just It was so genuine. Yeah, it was so real. And same with, like, Barbie and... um Little women. I don't know. She just she doesn't keeps miss. it real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't miss. Yeah. yeah, I love the beginning of. I think it's right at the beginning of Lady Bird when the mom's like laying into her about college and where mm-hmm. she's gonna go, and she like jumps out of the car. Yeah, I feel like I've definitely wanted to do that as a teenager. I, yeah. So I think it was so funny that she depicted that. <laughs> so it, it is. It does feel very very real. Mm-hmm. Um, are you far away from your family? Like, are they? Yeah, they're all in Charleston, South okay. Carolina. Yeah. So it is a bit of a journey. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty far away as well. I'm from yeah. Canada. And okay. I totally know the feeling of the first time you leave home and you, like, arrive at mm-hmm. university and you're, like, finally. Yeah. And then you, like, want to cry. And but then later, life. yeah, let's <laughs> go back home. This sucks. I know. This is so hard. I think at the end of the movie when she's in New York um, and her suitcase, there are, like, the letters from her mom that her dad put in there or something. And I just, yeah, it's like all of a sudden it comes back. Like, yeah. I wish I could... Go back one more time. Yeah. Which you can, but yeah. But it, yeah, you it's won't. different. And you really realize how much yes. your parents do for you after you leave. And Absolutely. Especially your mom. And I, I think that Lady Bird like, really captures that relationship. Mm-hmm. And Little Women was one that Eliza and I both wanted to talk about as well. Because it's such a like, 
beautiful movie. I've never read the book, which I know that I need to. Yeah, I, I have the book as well. My sister actually gifted it to me, and it's so cute, but I haven't read it either. <laughs> but it's, I love that movie. It's so good. Yeah, what about it speaks to um, you? I just think, like, the sister relationship, like I said, I have two younger sisters, so, like, seeing that movie, it was just so, like, real and honest. Like, I don't know, it's, like, kind of funny how, like, there's that one scene with, like, Amy and Joe where, like, Amy, like, destroyed yes. Joe's writing. <laughs> yes. And then after, like, she was, Joe went to go, um, what was she doing? She was... They were going ice skating. Ice skating, yes. And um, Amy was just, like, following her around. Like, I remember that with, like, my little sister. Like, when I would go out with my friends, my mom, like, forced me yeah. to take my little <laughs> sister with her, like, with me. So, like... I'd be at my friend's house and my little sister like on their couch. I'm like, this is so embarrassing, guys. <laughs> but like, it just was so real because it's like you always want to be with like your big sister, and that's how yeah. I saw the movie. Well, and it's so tragic too because Amy falls in the ice and she's yeah. like actually dying. Yes. <laughs> I do think it's funny because it does really capture that grudge that you hold against your yeah. siblings, right? Like I know that I've held I feel like bigger grudges for my mm -hmm. siblings over smaller things. Like no one ever destroyed yeah. like, my most prized possession, but yeah. <laughs> I think. I think it just captures so well that it really will take, like, danger and the fear of death for you to mm -hmm. be like, fine, I'll forgive you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I love that movie. Um, I think it's, like, the perfect Christmas movie. Yes. And it's super special for me. Because so I saw it when my wife and I were dating. She came back to Canada for Christmas with me, and we all saw it. And it was, like, the first time. She, it was, like, the first night we were there, we went to the movie theater, and she saw it with all of my family and... There was this, I can't remember what point in the movie it was, but I, like I looked over and like my mom, both of my younger siblings, and my wife were all just bawling, Aww. like just bawling their eyes out. And so like as much as like the movie itself has so much about family, like that yeah. moment is so important to me because I, I think it captures the relationship of sisters in a really amazing oh, way. Yeah. And I think there's something super special about like just the sist a sister's relationship mm -hmm. is it's so. As I've talked to my younger siblings and as they've grown up. They really are like they were so mean to each other, <laughs> but they are best friends, right? And I yeah. feel like this that Little Women really captures that feeling of like being kids with someone and growing up and like genuinely sometimes hating them. Oh yeah. But then as you get older, you just and you watch your siblings change into real people. It's this really beautiful thing, and they have real personalities and real interests, and you just yeah. like love them so much because you didn't like them so much. As a yeah. Kid. And so it's fun watching that on screen, and then it's fun too, because I'm kind of at that stage in my life where my youngest sibling just turned 18, and they mm -hmm. just started their first semester at university, so it's so mm -hmm. fun like watching these formative years as an older sibling, because I really relate to like Joe and Amy the most. Really. Yeah. I guess Amy's younger. Yeah. She's third, huh? Yeah, I think so. Anyways. Is Meg the oldest? Meg is Meg? the oldest. Yeah. yeah. Meg's the one I relate to the least. Really? Okay. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Who's your favorite March sister? Um, Joe. I think yeah. I see my. I think my Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Sersha killed that role. Oh my god, she's amazing. Yeah. So so good. Yeah, and and I think another, like Jane Austen, also captures this really well of, just like growing up with your siblings. Something that she hits so well for me. Um, I wanted to talk about Pride and Prejudice a little bit. Um, it's not my favorite Jane Austen book, but it is like <laughs> obvious. I think it's probably the most popular, I would Definitely. say. Yeah. yeah. But I think what it does so well is it does this really amazing thing where it makes the family like a hearth, like a safe place. Yeah. Right? And I really relate to the dad in that book 
Have you read the book, Eliza? I don't think you have. No, I haven't. You've seen the movie, though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, the dad's not in it a ton, Mm-mm. but I feel like he's so formative because he's so sarcastic and he just loves his daughter so much and he just wants them to succeed. And that's just, like, that that familial love and just that safe place is really how I felt growing yeah. up, even though, mm-hmm. like, whatever, I probably didn't treat my parents so, like yeah. that. <laughs> but yeah. I think it just does this really great job of making family feel like a safe place, yeah. even though they're present. Like, the, the book's not about... Like, Jane Austen never writes specifically about family, right? It's always, like, a deeper romance plot. Wedding plot. Yeah, like, leaving your family mostly. Yeah. But the way that she is able to articulate families being there for you, I think, is super, super beautiful. Like, you can always just go back home if you need. Exactly. Exactly. That is beautiful. Um, I really like the sibling relationship and Sense and Sensibility with Eleanor and Marianne. And, like, obviously it's the dichotomy between sense and sensibility, which, like, they personify. And I kind of felt that with my cousin who I brought up earlier because she was always, like, the sense of sensibility. Oh, my God. Sensibility. And I was more of the sense growing up, so I really admired, like, her passion and her emotion that she always, like, was just so free to exhibit. Um, So just reading that really hit hard, too. I really appreciate uh, Jane Austen for depicting these relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that her books have lasted forever. Oh, yeah. and last Timeless, forever, right? yeah. Because they really are timeless. And mm-hmm. They're so fun to get into. Um, and this is like, this is maybe a silly transition. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, another piece of art, and I'm going to call it art, and I will defend it as art until the day that I die, is I feel like Ninja Turtles <laughs> as a media also does this super well. Um, is like this... Ex- exploration of different personalities in, in with your siblings yeah. and also like but also like the, the unit that comes together when you kind of accept those things and the strength in your relationship when you accept your differences mm-hmm. I don't know like I watched Teenage <laughs> yeah. Ninja Turtles like the old 80s cartoon yeah. all the time and it was introduced to me super young and I think there's something so special about it like I watched the new movie today and while it wasn't my favorite like towards the end there's just this moment where Raphael goes to Leonardo and is like, you finally did it. You're finally a leader. And I was like weeping. I was like, he did it. <laughs> These turtles. <laughs> so I just like, it may be silly, but I think, I think kids media is, is a really rich trove mm. oh, of yeah. like family love because that's what you can relate to as a kid. In my experience with watching Ninja Turtles, it does like capture that because it's for kids. So yeah. so much of it is silly, but there are just those touching moments for yeah. Going back to watch it, and it's probably mostly nostalgia. Yeah. But going back and watch it, you're like, yes, yeah. you get it. Like that's where I get that from. And uh, there's this one moment, and they did a live action Ninja Turtles in like the '90s, oh, okay. and the turtles are wearing costumes. Uh-huh. Like they look bad. It's not. Oh. <laughs> and they have like at one point they open their mouth, and you can see like the human eyes. <laughs> oh my like, god. It's, like, it's bad news. <laughs> but it's a great, great movie. And there's this one part where. They're all just like sitting in a room and Michelangelo, who's my favorite, he's eating a, a chocolate bar and Raphael like turns to him and he's just like, hey, Mike, can you eat that chocolate bar any louder? And he like just leans in and just like, crunch. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, just like stuff like that where it is just like silly and malicious and dumb, yeah. but it just captures. It's like a sibling relationship. Yeah. 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 It is. They're so special. And oh, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful that I'm at an age where we can, because I don't know, it's hard being in them when you're young. So it's, it's nice to be mm-hmm. at an age where you can look back and yeah. appreciate who they were as people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you didn't, I don't know, I did a bad job of doing that when I was <laughs> young. I wanted to highlight the song that Greer brought 
as well because it's like the most classic family oh, yeah. song of all time. <laughs> yep. uh, do you want to speak to that, Greer? Yeah, it's um, Cats in the Cradle. I just remember listening to it in the car with my mom. And it it's between like a father and a son, but I feel like anyone can relate to it, just the relationship with your parent and like growing up, you want to be like them. And it is a sad song because, you know, <laughs> you grow up being like them as then like you kind of drift away from your family. So it was kind of sad to think about as a kid, like we are going <laughs> to maybe drift apart as we get older, you know, we move away, we move apart. Um, I feel really lucky though, all my family's like in the same area, so we all kind of do things together still, but um, I think the songs that you guys brought up are definitely more like hopeful with how they... I think the overall messaging, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I, to family. I, I think Cat in the Cradle, because it's, it's mentioned in other movies a lot and other media, okay. and I think yeah. it's so funny because it is like... Cats in the cradle yeah. and spoon. Like I think they sing it in Shrek. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think oh Donkey sings it in Shrek oh at one point. Anyways, <laughs> that's how like I remember hearing about it, and I remember listening to the song, and it's so because the lyrics are silly because they're like children's rhymes, but it's such a yeah, sad, no, it's and honestly sad. unhopeful song about a relationship. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I remember listening to it as a kid and being like, "Why?" Well, like, part of me was like, "Yeah, Dad, if you don't spend time with me, <laughs> you know, I won't spend like, time with you. Watch out." Yeah, exactly. But. I do think there is something to it as well of, like, wanting to avoid that, right? Mm-hmm. And being like, okay, the time we have now is important. Yeah. And, like, I want to be like you and taking advantage of that, even as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Moving yeah. into, like, I mean, I, I think I'm probably, I for sure, I'm older than both of you. I'm an old man. <laughs> but, and, like, I, I've been married for three years. And so now, like, that I'm moving into a phase where, like, my wife and I are considering starting our own family and having kids, that mm-hmm. song is, like, it's almost like haunting. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't I mean, want like, to end up with that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but that idea of watching you is, like, literally the song I brought is called Watching You. Mm -hmm. I'm from Alberta, and it's, like, a very farmer, oil, like, I don't like the word hick, because everyone's super nice, but it is, (laughs) like, it is, like, blue jeans and cowboy hats and cowboy boots, like, so everyone listens to country music, and Watching You is this song by Rodney Atkins, Mm -hmm. and listening back to it, I don't know if it's a good song, (laughs) like, I don't (laughs) know if I would, like, listen to it and and jam, but it is, it's the song about this guy he's in his car at the beginning and he's just like talking to his son and I think at one point in the story of the song he's like driving and he slams on the brake and the son has McDonald's and it like flies out and gets all over the windshield oh, and, sure, the, and, the yeah. sh- and the son swears and the dad's <laughs> like where did you learn that song uh, like where did you learn that and he's like I've been watching you dad <laughs> <laughs> and so the lyrics of the chorus are like I've been watching you dad ain't that cool I'm your buckaroo I want to be like you Aww. um and so it's just all about, like, wanting to be, like, your yeah. dad. And I love my dad. My dad's amazing. And so, like, I've always related to that. And since it's a country song and my dad, like, wears cowboy boots, and one of my earliest memories is, like, wearing his cowboy boots. And Aww. so it's, like, very, very relevant yeah. to me personally. Mm-hmm. And it really just does capture that, for me, like, father-son relationship of, like, that. I'm, I'm very lucky to have, like, a positive male role model. Yeah, and someone definitely. who, like, shows me that he, like, he, he really loves my mom and he, he really like loved my siblings and my sister and so it's just like again as I'm at this point where I'm potentially becoming a dad it's mm-hmm. like not that I'm like becoming a dad anytime soon but <laughs> yeah. like, it's on the mind um, but <laughs> it's like that's what I want to emulate and so it's become yeah. especially relevant but mm-hmm. um, my younger brother feels the same way and he actually brought this song to my dad and he was listening to it and he was like dad like I really feel like this about you Aww. and my dad said cool <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that is such a dad response such a dad response yeah. <laughs> it's so like funny. okay like, okay great so, um, yeah, that's a very meaningful song for me. And, and Eliza, you wanted to bring up a song by 
the great, yes. the goat, <laughs> Dolly Parton. Her. Dolly Parton, yeah. It's just called Baby Sister. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, going through my last breakup. Me and my ex were, like, on and off. And my sister would just be like, why don't you just, like, end it? And I was like, you don't understand. But um, I think, like, with this song, it kinda, I kind of see, like, her point of view where she's like, there's a lyric, baby sister, what a waste to see you in this place. I lost my mind from worrying over you. I feel like that's my little sister, like, with me. And it's the same thing with her. Like, she's doing all these things where I'm like, okay, like, you need to be careful. Like, don't do that. But I don't know. I thought that song was really cute because it's like, it reminded me of my sister. Like, we always worry about each other. And, like, yeah. we're always like, why are you doing this? Like, it doesn't make <laughs> yeah. sense. But, like, at the end of the day, you, like, get a greater insight. And you're like, okay, like, I know why you're doing this. But totally. it's a good song. Yeah. I love her. It's useful to have that perspective. Yeah. You know? The outside sibling perspective that'll call you out. Yeah. yeah. You're doing something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. those moments. And I don't know. Greer, have you had a moment? How much younger are you than your brother? Four years. Are you guys younger. pretty close? Kind of. Kind I of. mean... We did stuff together growing up. Yeah. We mostly bond over, like, video games. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Have you had the moment where you've, like, given him advice? No. Well, he had a girlfriend when he was in high school that our whole family kind of... Classic, yeah. Yeah, we weren't a fan <laughs> of her. So we were nicely kind of telling him, like, you need to kind of realize that you could... She, you deserve much more, basically. Um, so, but that was kind of a whole family effort, yeah. I guess. But he did eventually realize, and they broke it off. Thankfully, but um, yeah, no, it does definitely go both ways yeah. where you like guide each other, yeah, despite yeah. the age difference. Yeah. yeah, there's something yeah. so special about like when a younger sibling is like, knock it off, and like, yeah. gives you yes, life advice yeah. and you're like, yeah. part of you is like, I'm your older brother, like, I know better, yeah. yeah. You know, but I don't know, it is, it's a very interesting moment when yeah. you realize that your younger sibling is like, <laughs> I don't know, a smart person, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right, like an intelligent I, being, yeah, it's like they have this, um protective instinct as well over yeah. you when it's like it should be the other way around but like it does really open a different perspective when they're like hey like I'll tell you this but it's like you, it's up to you at that point I'm like wow you're so smart <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fun to see it's fun. yeah and I don't know part of it, I guess like maybe this is me being selfish but sometimes like when my brother or my younger siblings do something smart and I'm like oh, I helped that was <laughs> like, me I influenced, yeah. right like yeah. my example but, oh my god or, like, when it's interesting, too, when your siblings are in positions where, and I, I guess, I don't know if you've experienced this because you're not an older, older sibling. yeah. But, like, having them go through something that you went through and being mm-hmm. and trying mm-hmm. to talk to them about it, but, like, the reality is they're going to do it anyways. Like, yeah. I think that's such an interesting feeling, too. Is it is. Like, my younger siblings just starting university and whatever, they're having all of these fat classic first semester mm-hmm. issues, like, that everybody has. And so I... Yeah. I I got to a point where I was trying to give them advice, but then you just get to a point where it just is like, I love you. You're going to do great. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, exactly. Because, I mean, they're not going to listen to you and they're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, yeah. It's tough sometimes. It is tough, but they got it. They got it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my brother, when he was going to college, my mom got some, like, book that was like, how to survive college yeah. or, like, whatever, tips. He wouldn't, like, touch it, you know. He wouldn't read of it at all. Not. But I was like, I have to help him. Like, <laughs> I need to give him the tips from this book. So I was, like, going through, and I was like, Jack, like, remember all this Aww. stuff. You need to do this. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like, you do want to help where yeah. you can, yeah. but, I don't know. It's sweet. It's so you just sweet. want the best for them, exactly. of course. Yeah. It's, exactly. such, it's such a fun relationship. And, yeah. And I know that not everyone has that relationship, so I feel really mm-hmm. lucky to have relationships with my family where, like, I do genuinely yeah. love them, and it's not, yeah. like, 
hard to be around them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because some people have that, and that sucks. As we round out the episode, I did want, I think we all wanted to do a special mom shout out, just Mm -hmm. because I feel like moms, well, they are represented in the media. Sometimes Mm -hmm. there's a lot of negative (laughs) portrayals. And moms do a lot of work, and I was telling you guys before the episode, there's this comedy special by Nick Kroll, which is also art, right? Comedy is art. (laughs) But he talks about moms, and he just talks about how we're so willing to, like, I don't know, shut them down because they give us so much attention freely. Yeah. (laughs) And so I thought we could end the episode with a shout out to our moms. And so, Mom, I love you. You're doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. I love you too, Mom. (laughs) Thank you, Mom. I love you. you, We definitely take you for granted. They do a lot. If you're listening to this, Mom, you are an angel. I love you so much. Thank (laughs) you for being there for me all the time. We'll probably still take you for granted, but we said yeah. that so it counts, right? Yeah, we, <laughs> we recognize. We did the work, no. yeah. That should get us to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, awesome. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for listening, and yeah, goodbye. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.